0: A-B-L-E-S. EBLS. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then EBLS Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers, the Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebles helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebles having a herniated disc in my back. Whew. Coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS The Brian Nichols show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time. It is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on. And our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on today's fun-filled episode. And today we are talking about songwriting. I am joined by musician Wesley David, and we are discussing how songwriting is something that we libertarians or folks in the greater political world can learn from. How can songwriting help us sell liberty? Well, I was so thankful to have Wes on the show because he dug on, to, uh, dug on, dug into that and more so with that being said, on to the show, Wes David here on The Brian Nichols Show. What is up, Brian? Not much, man. Thank you so much for joining the program. How are things over in your neck of the woods?
1: Can't complain, man. It's uh, it's uh, sunny and 67 here in Long Beach, California, so not too bad.
0: Oh, uh, Robert, it in. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, not so <laughs> sunny, you know, okay, let's be real. It's gray. Overcast just got done with like back to back thunderstorms here in the armpit of Liberty that is Philadelphia, and I I, <laughs> I can uh, I think confidently say that after the past year and a half I've had to deal with of uh, uh, just insane uh, city government, so I'm I'm sorry to those philadelphians who maybe felt a little offended by that but hey i too am a philadelphian so i think i can say that but hey sunny skies 67 degrees yeah well while you're rubbing it in your fa- our, our face out there in california i know it is california so i mean you have you have your your cross to bear as well having not out there so let's uh start things off yeah. right you're you're from the music world um that's partly i'm sure the reason you're out in california um but you you're approaching this liberty world and this kind of conversation that you're entering into today from a different lens more of an artist more of that perspective in that music realm. So let's do a quick introduction to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Who is Wesley David and what is this Wesley David music we've heard so much about?
1: Hello, Brian Nichols Show audience. Yeah, that's um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, I'm a lifelong songwriter and musician. I went to school for music uh, actually in Massachusetts. Um, and I grew up in New Jersey, then we moved to Pennsylvania. I went to high school in Pennsylvania, uh, not too far from you, actually uh, there, Brian. And um, then I made my way eventually westward uh, to play, um, do uh, piano work, piano bar entertainment and uh, dueling pianos, other kind of entertainment, actually in Arizona and Phoenix and in Vegas. Uh, And then eventually made my way out to uh, L.A. where I'm doing some of that stuff and also original music and uh, other things in the music industry. Nice. That is my yeah.
0: Wow. A little history. I mean, so you dueling pianos. I love. I play piano as well. So I mean, I'm not. Oh, nice. I'm not nice. to the extent though that I'd be uh, confident to just be like, yeah, let's go out and just uh, you know do dueling pianos. Name a song. <laughs> play it. Play it like a jukebox. Like I don't <laughs> know. Well, let me get my phone out and see if I can pull it up. Um, but yeah. I mean, that that takes a lot. I don't think your average person can appreciate just the the skill set that that requires because. You have to be pretty much ready for anything. I mean, you could be going from something as you know mainstream as play Billy Joel's Piano Man to like go play <laughs> Bruce Hornsby's. Uh, you know the way it is, and oh, it's yeah. Yeah, right. It exactly. Yeah. Like you can go in, into such a diverse, different you know genre from just whatever the audience wants, and that's I think very interesting in terms of the way it does correlate into the world of politics because. And let's. How about this for our segue, huh? Libertarians don't don't listen to the audience. We we don't know how to play the songs. We don't know how to play dueling pianos, right? We we can't mm. be there to sit and know ok, we have to be able to play piano man for that crowd, but also to be able to play the more intricate, you know, Bruce Hornsby in the range. so how how have you been able to throughout your music career, kind of bring that that knowing of what speaks to an audience in terms of politics? What speaks to people from from a political perspective?
1: Mm-hmm. That's an excellent question. so you're 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 tying like, those songs to philosophical parts of the Liberty movement, maybe yeah. like he's yeah,
0: Billy Joel or yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's a, it's a fine hey, line my, my life, oh. right. My life is I like, like an overtly, overtly libertarian song. Yeah, it is for sure.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, um, or there used to be a lot of, uh, uh confident individualism in music and rock and roll. I think there is a, a little bit still in, like, in some, uh, I don't know, hip hop or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a tough thing. I would I'd be lying to the audience if I said I was, you know, that's and since the really the pandemic, uh, you know, actively uh, a participant in in libertarianism as far as like the party goes or anything like that. It's more, I'm 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 definitely more of an outsider right now. But I think that uh, libertarians, I think all groups do this. Um, all groups focus on a, a human tendency just to to want to be right because we all feel our our you know, psychological, like our, our, what they call like our, our basic narcissism. So we all believe we're right. We want to be right. And we let our, our groups, um, either our immediate groups or our, our tribe, uh, reinforce that sense of rightness, which is great for feeling validated when you need that. But um, it's very bad for uh, being flexible with a message. Um, I was listening to the one you just did with Angela McArdle about uh, just that as far as trying, as far as trying to find, Sort of a flexibility um, between, you know, focusing on, I think, the broad appeals of the liberty movement and of libertarianism, which are, I think, very broadly appealing, um, even to younger folks, Gen Z and, and what have you, yeah. uh, and how to find maybe a comfortable point there where we stay out of the weeds uh, or let the, you know, those of us who feel like we want to get into the intellectual weeds of, of libertarianism or what have you, or like Mises or Hayek, That's fine. Um, But the broad sort of the broad points I I would say are more important and finding finding a way to broaden that message uh, would be a viable path forward for the party if the party wants. I'm not I'm not involved with the party. I'm a I'm a spectator at this point, but, (laughs) um, you know, just like if the party is really interested in getting above that one or two percent and, you know, has a serious intention about being a third party player uh, at the national stage and not just an ideological uh, contributor to the discourse. Um, It's definitely a rich area to to mine, try to get into and and figure
0: out super important right there, like to know what the role of the party is, too. And I think we've seen more and more over the past few years that there has been a kind of come to understanding that if you are in the Libertarian Party exclusively to be kind of philosophical, education oriented, which is not that. That's not saying that that should not be a priority, but it shouldn't be the priority of a political party. That's not the political party's job. It is not the Republican party's job to educate voters about Republican Policy, our conservative policy ideas. That's not the job of the Democratic Party. In order, in terms of educating or policy prescriptions to voters, that's why you have think tanks. That's why you have grassroots organizers. That's why you have those different tools, those different resources out there. And I think right there, maybe Wesley, and it kind of goes hand in hand with this notion. It almost goes against the libertarian idea of of you know we understand that in the marketplace when you're able to work with each other. And you're able to do, you know, the things that you do best, the best version of it you can, and somebody else can do the best version of whatever they do, the best version they can. And then in that marketplace of ideas and, or in the marketplace of true goods or services, those, uh, you know, mutually beneficial relationships and exchanges of goods and services and ideas will help raise up all tides. But when you look at the libertarian movement, we think we can do everything that we can be. okay. I'm going to be the best salesperson. I'm going to be the best marketer. I'm going to be the best engineer. I'm going to be the best, you know, uh, know, organizer. I'm going to be the best policy prescriber. Like it's like, no, that you don't have to do that, nor should you, because at that point, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. And I think maybe that just taking a bite of humble pie and understanding that we don't have to be the best in everything across the board would actually be very beneficial to us in helping us move forward as a movement by and large.
1: Yeah, boy, that's, that's, that's very well said. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I think that um, uh, I think I'm not qualified to talk about the, what the party's doing. because I don't really know, but I've, I've been to enough uh, events back in the day and also like meet meet up events mm-hmm. just for folks who share the same kind of basic ideology that, uh, you know, messaging. Unfortunately, in the day and age we're living in, is, is almost everything. And we yes. uh, could probably go down a rabbit hole about symbolism being also very important. Unfortunately, uh, maybe the most important thing right now in the social media, uh, landscape. So finding the right um mix of messaging and symbolism to appeal to a broad um and I would also say younger younger demographic would be pretty important. Just as a as a from the outside looking in at the the liberty movement.
0: Yeah. Younger demographic. I'm writing that down because yeah. you, you've brought that up twice now, and I think there's a reason for it, right? Because no, I, I and hear me out, because I agree one million percent Gen Z is overtly libertarian, small L libertarian in just yeah. who they are as a generation. They are right. super individualistic. They they are they hate the idea of like, you know, the NPC, yeah. like I am one of many. Like they they super want individualism they super appreciate being you know who they are and expressing themselves um they're also super cause-driven and and they they hear the the moral ideas that libertarianism truly is built on not hurting people and not taking people's stuff and they understand i think do appreciate and empathize with those ideas and also by the way they grew up in a world where the the base technology is a smartphone which is basically a Mm supercomputer at the tip of their fingers and they can research, yeah, and they can research everything. I mean, in a world where we were so accustomed to going outside and saying, taxi, right? To get a car (laughs) to like, hey, let me look as I'm sitting down at dinner still, and I know I'm wrapping up my dinner. Right? Who here
1: but, in their 30s printed out MapQuest directions like every time you had to go somewhere.
0: But think about it. Now we can sit there. It's like, I'm finishing dinner in 15 yeah. minutes. I can schedule a ride from right. this little device. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's going to pick me up at my, my restaurant and bring me home. And yeah. all I have to do is push a button. And right. that's, that's now the status quo. That's who we're talking to. So... What right. is it from your perspective because that's how I view Gen Z and that's how I viewed reaching out to the younger generation. What is it that you're seeing in the younger generation as, you know, appealing to this this liberty sentiment?
1: You're asking me really good questions that I I, <laughs> I wish I if I if I was an academic or if I had more data, I wish I feel like I'm I'm almost unprepared to give a qualified opinion about it, but from from a Twitter standpoint or social media, just checking out what what is uh or TikTok, what's kind of the uh, seemingly the norm i mean i think uh what you what you brought up as far as activism uh gen z carrying back causes now that can also go uh somewhat against almost unfortunately the direction of mainstream libertarianism like if we get into woke culture or trying to use uh communal power versus social media to achieve an aim uh whether or not the ethics of that are are very certain um, but I, I think there's a lot in libertarianism that should appeal broadly to uh, Gen Z. I mean, for me, something that got me very into the Ron Paul movement and going from there was his stance on foreign policy. And for me, learning about it was a watershed moment uh, to learn about uh, what libertarians really think about foreign policy. And even many libertarians feel about you know borders, open borders, some feel about open borders and so forth or more open borders um, That. That message of peace and trading and non intervention, not, not acting in the world, but non interventionism, especially militarily. Um, when you look at the history of both parties, including the Democratic Party, I mean, that is a, a knockout argument for an 18 year old, even a woke leaning, left leaning 18 year old who, perhaps from a cultural standpoint, might not have the most in common with a fair amount of libertarians, you know, kind of white libertarians, if I'm if I can say say that, but but nevertheless, there is such an overlap there with wanting, uh, you know, the to move away from the U.S. empire project, with mo- which most libertarians are also first on board with. That we don't want. I I will never forget Ron Paul saying, at a breakfast meetup I went to actually in Arizona, why do we have so many military bases? I mean, not just from the the cost, but also from the ethics standpoint and from the optics standpoint. You know, we have we have military bases with you know the most advanced weapons that could destroy the world over in friendly nations in germany and um in many nations which we were allies with you know what's what, why aren't we able to uh philosophically look back into the ethics of that and and really examine um you know i don't think for me for i think for most libertarians to reanalyze that would not be uh to diminish the us's power or the power of the dollar or the power of um in a a positive way but to diminish what we don't even need anymore the cold war is over you know we're not
0: <laughs> right
1: it's this is long you know the wall the wall has fallen so ron paul would talk about that that's kind of what got me into liberty a little bit so um i i think i think there's more there's more than that too i think there's a lot of a hopeful message and a message of uh you know you do you boo could be summarized for for the for gen z as like hey that's it. That's that's what the party is about. That's a very promising uh, message.
0: And hope, hope, and promising, painting the better future. I hear painting a better future. That's right. the overlay that or the overlaying of what we do in sales, and that's what we need to apply to the greater liberty world. I think as we move forward, and I've this has been why I did a complete 180 back in August of twenty uh, twenty for the show. I said this has to be the approach going forward because. Otherwise, we're just going to be spinning our wheels, talking about these ideas. I mean, I've always said that I want to talk about the issues that people cared about, but I never really understood why I was doing that. And then I realized it's because when you talk about the issues that people care about, they're going to be more engaged. They're going to want to learn more. And that's a great opportunity for me to say, hey, while I have you here come here, I have a great, here's, here's Bill, Bill, Bill's great at telling you about other things in Liberty and other right. questions you might have in terms of, you know, how this, uh you know, this philosophy on what I just helped supply or apply to, here's the problem you presented, right? And here's how it can be applied to other areas in life. I think that's where we're going to find more value. And that's candidly what I've been finding has been working is, is playing that kind of that role. So, you you come in from a music perspective. you have this as your tool. What is it because there and I'll frame why I'm asking the question this way. when you're writing a song, you're writing it for two reasons I'm assuming. number one, because you want to get what's in here in for the audio listener I'm pointing at my my mind because I get it like there' you hear the song in your head and now you're just like, what tools do I have at my disposal to get it out there?" But then number two, also, what will people like? And I know we don't want to always say that we like to, uh, to like acknowledge that that's what we, we are thinking about because we don't want to always be thinking about what will people like, but like what will help get this song to get stuck in people's head that they want to keep coming back to playing the song over and over and over again. So I think that that formula is something that I see some similarities to, but talk to us, you know, you're the professional musician. What's your kind of formula for a song and how can we learn from when you're writing a song when we're trying to help sell liberty?
1: Man. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a timeless tension in, in music and arts between doing, uh, you know, the most authentic and creative thing for you. And then also the thing, uh, having a, a, in the back of your mind you know what is accessible to the most amount of people and depends on your audience of course it depends on your your genre if we're talking about music but um i just i think finding a way to resolve that tension is probably retaining it back to libertarianism is probably the the biggest thing you know you know staying true to the roots of the ideas and the philosophy um which has a you know a proud tradition since um uh, offshoots of adam smith and john Stuart mill and eventually to the the modern guys but um you know the the core of that and then finding the way also to make it the three minute uh or now two and a half minute you know workout playlist ready song that somebody can pop on and and get value from they can go deeper if they want to um i hope this is sort of what you were saying i mean my music is i i'm an i'm an indie rocker um, and piano bars, a lot of, um, you know, classic rock and roll and top 40 and some newer music too, but uh, it's kind of a lot of meat, meat and potatoes music. Um, It's always, it's funny in music. It's definitely a timeless uh, tension between like record labels and and bands and artists. Uh, You know, the band comes in with a, a album. The H song is like 10 minutes, like Stairway to Heaven. This is back in like the 70s or 80s or something. And the record guy's like, I don't hear the single, you know, where's the single? So, um, just finding a way to, yeah, it's like, give people, got to give people the single if you want them to buy the album, <laughs> you got to really? give them the single
0: first. Yeah. Well, I mean, so one of my favorite bands at this point, my audience is like, we get it, Brian, you like AJR, but I'm sorry. I love AJR. <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're a really fun band and they do it really well. They can, they can hit you with a single that you're like, Ooh, that's good. And then, then they catch you with the rest of the album, and you're like, damn, that's all really good, too. So, like, right. they'll hit you with Bang, and everybody's like, oh, I know this song. Bang, 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 here we go, right? Like, And then you go and you click on that, and you're like, oh, that's part of their OK Overture album. And then you start listening through that, and then I discover 3 O'Clock Things, and I'm like, oh, three O'Clock Things. I really, really like 3 O'Clock Things, because I, I can relate to a lot of the lyrics in that song. And then you start going through the rest of the songs, and you're like, oh, I like this one, too. That's sure. how I think it works when people are looking at Liberty, we have to be bang. We have to be name, you know, name the single hit here, right? We have yeah, to have yeah. those people. We have to have those ideas, those policy prescriptions. We have to be presenting that those hit singles in order to get people to come into the conversation with us and right. then to want to look deeper into the album, right? And I, I yeah. think that's maybe a, a really uh, cool, maybe a comparison we can draw here because I think it does correlate very easily to right. the, the right. world of music into the world of liberty. So how about this? As we're, we're kind of segueing more towards the end of the show, what, what would you say, Wesley, as you're, you're approaching the world of liberty, what are some of the things that libertarians can do better when we're trying to reach people from the eyes of a musician?
1: Man, I I was <clears throat> I was all geared up to talk about uh rock and roll and piano bar. Uh, th- this is great. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I you know I if I could share if I could answer that by giving a p- little personal anecdote of how I, I came to this in the first place. I grew up in a very uh, extreme uh, religion, actually, a very extreme religious upbringing, which um, I later left. Actually, I'd be I would also be a, a left leaning libertarian. I think I think the nice part about libertarianism also is that one can be there's a, a shrinking middle, unfortunately, but one one can be sort of in the center or right leaning or a little bit left leaning, um, and still subscribe to the uh, core ideas about libertarianism. Uh, and maybe maybe that is also a kind of a good selling point uh, in the sense that, I mean, yeah, Gen Z, I think arguably definitely craves that. I think they talk a good game. I'm not sure if they walk the walk, but they they talk a good game about wanting the freedom and individuality. In fact, we could probably go down a rabbit hole about social media and Gen Z and (laughs) uh, collectivism if we had time, but um, I'm not, I'm not so sure they always walk what they talk, but they do talk about it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, but the, the ability for the, I think the core libertarian ideas uh, to go beyond that it has to be right versus left. And that somehow we have managed to, I'm not sure this is answering your question. Somehow we have managed to, politicize everything and come you know have a moral panic about absolutely everything in our society including masks and what we've just seen with the pandemic and everything now must be politicized everything has to be right versus left you wonder if this is not already unsustainable but going to be unsustainable as the younger generation eventually gets into seats of power and kind you know when one day it's a terrifying thought for the audience i know but one day you know 20 years from now when when you know 15 year olds or 18 year olds are all occupying more seats of power in Congress and local uh, districts that um, will it be sustainable for everything that comes up to be a moral panic about ev- every issue is an outrage to to 11 um, or do we want a <laughs> world in fact, which is more pluralistic and more you do you boo, you do your thing. You know, that's the, to me, that's the essence. Democrats will say that's the essence of liberalism. I think it's, uh, it's a, a worthy debate, but I, I do think that's the, that's the real ideological standout point of libertarianism, which has a broad appeal, if this is answering your question at all, to folks who lean lean a little bit one way or lean a little bit the other way.
0: Yeah, no. So that's why I asked the question the way I did, because I wanted to kind of just get your broad perspective, because part here's here's part of sales and marketing. Who you think your target market is and who your ideal buyer persona is isn't right. necessarily your effective target market or buyer persona. Here's a really great anecdote. Um I've been reading a really uh great book with um my my marketing guy Chris Quizeta. It's um The 5 Step Undefeated Marketing System by Philip Stutz. And in that um in that, that book he tells a story about how he was working with this one company and the the company I forget what they sold, but they 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 were overtly leaning towards, um, I think it was like middle-aged women. They thought that that was their target market. And as such, they were advertising predominantly on, um, I believe it was on Facebook. So they were going to go and spend, I think it was like 15 some odd million dollars on this massive marketing advertising campaign. And they hired Philip Stutz's campaign or uh, team. And they're like, "Here, here's what we want to do for the campaign. And he's like, well, why are you putting all your money in on Facebook? And they're like, well, we that's where our customer base is he's like well are you sure i'm Mm. like well yeah so he's like well let's let's actually dig into it so they do a massive data dig into who their actual customers were and here's what they found not only was their customer not who they thought their customer was it was not the the middle-aged uh mom but rather it was a younger Mm. customer and here's the the best part where they are finding the, the company the most was on Pinterest, not on, huh. on Facebook, right? How so if that? they had just gone in all 100% in, you know, this Facebook marketing approach to the people they thought that they were trying to reach, they would have not seen the return on investment had they focused on who they, they actually were, were best suited to be offering their product to and where they were entering the conversation. In this case, it was on Pinterest. So... I think there's a lot that libertarians can also extrapolate from that in understanding that where we think we're entering the conversation on what we think is important from an idea standpoint, that that's not exactly what the, the people we're trying to reach or or the people that are or we're trying to resonate with, that that's right. not maybe their top of mind issue. And I think that does, uh, you know, very, very much so correlate.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's really well said. Mar- the market research standpoint. I'm not I'm not involved. I, I um i i part of me wants to one day but i'm not i'm not involved at the level of the party so i'm I'm not sure what i'm sure they have people who do uh the research actually i enjoyed listening to the to the you spoke with angela mccardle mm-hmm. um and sh- she was touching on the the same thing that it really is all about that that research you might find some surprising answers um but i i just i keep coming back to that i think there's a lot in the liberty movement we're talking about messaging um optics also matters so it's an easy uh criticism to throw at the party but yeah um the need for leadership um you know at all levels but you know every also every once in four years if we're going to keep trotting out a candidate to if not outright right now when the presidency at least have a, a very meaningful contribution to the discourse um finding maybe even a new generation of leaders who can see the movement and understand the intellectual roots of it but also find a way to translate it to a broad um, a broader you know and also frankly yes younger you know younger demographic I think would be important I voted for I'll, I'll proudly tote my card here I voted for Joe Jorgensen Woo! and uh, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah I was probably the only one here uh, my local little <laughs> my little uh, voting booth um, yeah I, I, I Joe Joe is great no no complaints about Joe or for me Gary Johnson or you know, the guy who uh, my my guy who brought me into this on in the first place was was Ron Paul and then the surrounding um kind of the figures that Ron Paul talks about a lot as far as the core kind of ideas of the movement. But yeah, finding the messaging, yeah, the market research, and then also, if possible, finding um, leadership that can have that broad appeal. I think it would be a question of, of uh, yeah, how serious is the party about going beyond just being kind of a, a gadfly, like Socrates' gadfly, stinging people with information, or how how serious is the party about really taking that next step um, towards, uh, who knows, maybe one day in our lifetime winning, winning at the the very highest national level, you know, wouldn't
0: that be nice? How about this for something entirely different? Because you are, uh, you know, a musician, let's, uh, let's go through some of your, your least favorite songs to perform and, uh, most favorite songs to perform.
1: Okay. Least favorite, most favorite boy, least favorite. Um, you get a lot of requests these days for like baby shark and stuff like that. Whenever there's like really? a meme song Oof. or a YouTube sensation song, yeah, Gangnam Style, uh, <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever some <laughs> back back there's Macarena back there. Whatever, whenever like a big enough YouTube song catches fire, you'll just be flooded with request Cardi B, uh, which will get us fired as uh, good white piano players can't really play <laughs> some Cardi B at most most <laughs> piano bars. Um, but it comes up because that's that's what the young people are listening to. Uh, so. Probably my least favorite. Some of that stuff. I uh, most favorite. Um, I like. I like. I mean, I love. I grew up with classic rock and and uh, ni- a lot of nineties alternative. So I I love. I'm in my thirties. I love nineties. You know anything nineties pop rock. Um, the old school old school hip hop. Love R and B. Nineties. I love to play. Um, and I have a few pet favorite songs. I always play at a piano bar. Uh, Frankie Valli. Um, Can't take my eyes off you. Classic. Love, love it. I don't get tired of playing Don't Stop Believing. A lot of a lot of piano bar players do. I it's I don't get tired of it because I enjoy the challenge as a vocalist to try to do a okay job of it. And then it's fun, it is fun to get the crowd. Like those few big songs, if you go to a piano bar like Caroline. Oh, lean is high, man. You you play piano. That's a that's yeah. a tough song to yeah. sing. Yeah. Yeah. Those 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 big hits. I mean, I'm tired of playing piano, man, if I'm if I'm being honest. <laughs> most Billy most Billy and Elton I'm pretty tired of, but otherwise the big songs it's fun because the crowd gets into it and their energy picks you up so it's uh, gotta be exciting stuff. too to
0: get back to normal 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 kind of ish life I'm assuming soon right we've gotten we've gotten a lot more bookings that's been great uh that's been great I'm actually
1: about to i'm I'm doing my original music uh project, which again is somewhere across between classic rock and nineties alternative indie stuff so if anyone's interested they can check out uh my Spotify, it's Wesley David. Um, But yeah, I'm actually I've I've put in I've had a little career in dueling piano. So if anything, I'm sort of uh, the pandemic was an opportunity for me to reset a lot of personal priorities. I wrote this album called Never Late Than Better, and I'm going to go tour it for lack of a better word, some open mic touring um, and uh, go from there. But yeah, overall, as far as just opportunities for music and for the arts and uh, the entertainment sector, it is wonderful finally that it's it's coming back online for sure
0: exciting stuff man well hey Wes, thank you so much for joining the yeah, program man, that was me. yeah a lot of fun and uh definitely folks if you're interested in learning more uh we'll include the spotify link to uh to wesley david's music uh so folks if you're interested go ahead and uh, give him some support there but that being said thank you so much for joining us here on the brian nickel show
1: thank you sir thanks for having me
0: You've heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebles and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry, from helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more. The reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8. Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebles and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebles and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Evils and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at check. And boom! Discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout. You get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Wes. David, thank you for joining me on the show today, Wes. And thank you folks for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, we learn how we can learn from songwriting to help us sell liberty and why branding is so important. And we can help uh, learn how to do that through effective storytelling. And yes, storytelling, songwriting, it goes hand in hand as we talk about here on the show all the time. I know you guys are like, Brian, we've heard this story a bajillion times. I get it. I know you're like, listen, tone it down. No, this is consistency in sales. That's what sells is consistency as well. So, being consistent on what works, that's what we're going to be focusing here on The Brian Nichols Show. So, with that being said, if you enjoyed today's episode, you got something of value. Well, do me a favor, go ahead and share it. Uh, and when you go ahead and share it, please go ahead and tag yours truly at Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, minds.com, and parlor.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, Email me, brian at com. Also, if you think you could be a good guest or if you know of a good guest, you represent a certain someone in, uh, you know, either politics or for a certain company, whatever it may be, please email me, brian at com. Would love to hear your pitch and why you think you'd be a great guest here on the show. Also, like DEFCON 20, um, you know, Michael Skarn, like, uh, what's it? threat level midnight? There we go. Uh, I need your help. Like, Peek behind the curtain. I have a problem. I don't have a candidate for this coming Sunday's uh, episode again. Uh, Now, thankfully, Jacob Turner jumped in clutch last week, uh, joining us on last week's uh, Sunday candidate highlight series. Don't have a candidate again, so I need your help. If you represent a candidate who is running for office, who is a pro liberty candidate, doesn't have to be a libertarian, doesn't have to be a Republican. Heck, I'll even take a Democrat if they are a pro liberty candidate. Come on the show. I am happy to have the conversation and raise up your campaign. So email me, brian at briannicholsshow.com. I want to hear you, your story, your message. And hey, if there's areas we disagree, we'll talk about that. But I want to hear what issues you're hearing in your area and how you're seeing uh, your message resonating with voters. Is it resonating? And if not, maybe we can have a conversation to learn how we can effectively help you communicate the ideas of liberty to your area. So again, email me, brian at Show.com. So with that being said, what's happening on Sunday? I don't know, um, well, if I can get a candidate between now and Sunday, uh, so if you are able to get on the show on Saturday morning, email me, please, again, Brian at showcom I will uh, record with you early, um, but if not, I have a couple of episodes in the bank, um, ranging from, well, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to tell you who they are, because, well, fine, here, pull it up here for you guys, so you can, well, you're can. you not going to see it, but you're going to hear it, so we had a couple of conversations in the bank, uh, three uh, awesome episodes i've recorded one with wiley gray now wiley gray is from VeteransOfWar.org, of uh, which is a, a great organization helping uh with plant medicine alternatives for a lot of issues in terms of ptsd um you know traumatic brain injury so on and so forth kind of goes uh, hand in hand with the microdose.buzz uh, or uh, event the heroic dose that i was one of the uh the not pan <laughs> What the heck was a moderator? I was like, what the heck is the term I was going to be? Um, yeah, I was the moderator for the heroic dose. Um, so discussed that and how um, plant-based medicines, in this case, ayahuasca, is helping uh, with healing. Um, a lot of these issues that a lot of uh, veterans particularly have been dealing with. Had a conversation with Jess Mears. Yes, the amazing Jess Mears, who does everything, liberty it seems, and talked about Clubhouse. Yes, you've probably heard of Clubhouse. And we dug into the value of Clubhouse and how she's been using it to help not only network, but have really interesting conversations with some pretty interesting people. And I had an awesome conversation with the gents over at follow the science on lockdowns and Liberty. Uh, we learned exactly why they are doing this awesome documentary that yes, does follow the science. Uh, science. And we recorded this episode actually, um, back here early this week as the Fauci emails uh, were released. So, oh, that was a, that was fun to dig into as well. So, uh, we have three episodes that I'm, I can choose from, but I say that very loosely, but I want to have a candidate. So, number one, if you can hop on the show between now and uh, Sunday, email me, Brian at com. but also, if you are a candidate, I want to hear from you. I need to get some candidates uh, having some conversations with me so I can get your episodes ready to rock and roll for our Sunday Candidate Highlight Series. So, again, email me, Brian at com. Also, folks, uh, if you enjoyed the program today, I would love to hear about it, and go over to com and head up to the uh, top of the page, you'll see at the very top, it says reviews, yeah, click that, and when you click that, you can go ahead and uh, give us a quick, you know, five-star rating and review, and tell folks why you listen to the program, what value do you get from the show, I would love to hear about it, and uh, also, if you could do me a favor, uh, if you've not had the chance yet to become a supporting listener, well, what's holding you back, I'm, I, you're here every single week, so you're getting something out of the show, well, why not take it a step further, become a supporting listener of The Brian Nichols Show, yes, our patreon.com forward slash The Brian Nichols Show, all my account executives and my entry-level sales executives get one of these awesome don't hurt people don't take people's stuff bumper sticker dumper sticker bumper sticker there we go it's been a day we're going to get through this together folks i promise And i know i've been saying that every week because here's here's another peek behind the curtain on top of my full-time job on top of work uh, working out in the morning at 5 a.m every single morning and doing sometimes three four five shows in a day I also am a, a person. So I get tired, uh, believe it or not. So yes, it's been a day. Uh, but thank you for for sticking with us as we're going through on our like 17. I don't know what hour it is right at this point. Uh, but we are, are we're growing something here at the program. And here, I'll take a step back why I say that, because we're doing something really cool here at the Brian Nichols show at the Greater We Are Libertarians Network. We are growing. We're talking to amazing people um you know we have our sunday candy highlight series uh we have our conversations with jeremy todd and chris goizetta where we're talking about sales and marketing specifically for the liberty world we're having conversations with people who are liberty curious and maybe they're not in the liberty uh curious state of mind but they are just aware something's not right we're having questions our conversations with them and answering their questions showing how to sell liberty and then we're having conversations with noted experts c-level executives or or uh Economists, p- politicians, elected officials, and more. And it's exciting to know that you are a part of this. Um, beyond if you're a Patreon subscriber uh, or supporter rather, um, which they're, they're, I'm so thankful for, for for you guys out there who are supporting us. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting not only the Brian Nichols Show, but what we're doing here and trying to reach more people and helping sell liberty, meeting people where they're at. Uh, this is not possible without you also at the big channel yes we are selling advertisements so we we are reaching collectively over you know 50 or so people per month as a network so if you have a, a business or you uh you know are looking to reach uh, a market of people who are engaged every single week um downloading every single podcast well we're right now collecting opportunities for you to advertise on not just my program but the entire we are libertarians Network. So if you're interested in hearing about how you can advertise on the We Are Libertarians Network, and yes, hit all 50,000 of you downloaders, uh, downloaders, subscribers, uh, listeners that we have every single month, email me brian at briannickelshow.com. I am so excited to tell you more. So coming up here on Sunday... I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, so strap in, folks. If I get a candidate, thumbs up. If not, you're going to be hearing from one of those three conversations I uh, I previewed there before. So that being said, folks, thank you for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. It's Brian Nichols signing off for Wes. David, we'll see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols
1: Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.
0: Audio production for The Brian Nickel Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.